0: And as we found ourselves this morning in James chapter number 1, we looked at a couple of words that are found in verses 22 on down. And we will uh, recap for just a moment looking at this statement found in Luke chapter number 8, verse number 11. The seed is the Word of God. This morning we asked ourselves that question, how is our soil? What kind of soil is the seed falling on within our own lives? Is it hard soil? Uh, Is it something that is is bearing no fruit because it just simply cannot because it's been trodden on if you would. In verse number 5 of chapter number 8 of the book of Luke it says trodden down and the fowls of the air devoured it. Again speaking of to squander if you would and to choke it out and so it was something that was wasted. Is it something that is rocky ground? That rocky soil? It looks fine. It looks as though something is going to come from it only for it to grow and then wither quickly. And we looked at that for a little while. We looked at also, as you find yourself looking, you'll see the thorny ground, the thorny ground taking so much nourishment from the ground that nothing else can grow around it. And I believe that is something that we've all been a part of, is that thorny ground. I know for me personally, I've looked at outside sources, I've looked at the the, the situations and the problems around the worldliness, and, and I've allowed the priorities to be misplaced, and that thorny ground represents that. Or, falling on the good soil, that soil that is good, the seed is good, all, everything is lining up and it grows, it does exactly what it's supposed to. In the book of Luke, chapter number 8, verse number 11, the Bible says, the seed is... The word of God. And as we dealt with this a little bit this morning, we really did come to understand, I believe for myself, and I pray you did as well, number one, that we must receive the word of God. And if I were to start the message tonight, I would say, recapping tonight for just a moment, that if you're going to receive the word of God, it has to be a personal decision. Can I encourage you this this evening, parents, well done, and I, and I, and I say this in all seriousness, you made the right decision by, number one, bringing your children to the house of God. That first and foremost. But children, now the choice falls up to you, whether you're going to receive the word of God. Every single one of us have to make that choice if we're going to receive it this evening. We saw these four different types of soils. We saw that Jesus begins to deal with this in verses 12 on down as he begins to help them to understand exactly what it means. In verse number 9, the disciples asked him, saying, What might this parable be? In verse number 12, the Bible says, Those by the wayside are they that hear... Then cometh the devil and taketh away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. They on rock are they which when, the Bible says, they hear, receive the word with joy. And these have no root, which for a while believe, and in time of temptation fall away. Now which fell among the thorns are they which when they have heard, go forth and are choked with the cares and riches and pleasures. Notice this statement, of this life. It goes on, and bring no fruit to perfection. But that on the good ground are they which in an honest and good heart, having heard the word, keep it. And bring forth the fruit with patience. And so we dealt with this for just a little while this morning. And and I pray that you were able to be honest with yourself and answer that question as to what type of soil that the the seed is falling on. And as we conclude this evening, we find ourselves just closing out with two of these these key statements that are found in these verses in Luke chapter number 8. But I pray that number one, you will receive the word as we continue on tonight. Verse number 16, look with me there. The Bible says, No man... When he hath lighted a candle, cover it with a vessel, or putteth it under a bed. But set it on a candlestick, that they which enter it may see the light. For nothing is secret, that shall not be made manifest. Neither anything hid, that shall not be made known, and come abroad. Take heed therefore how ye hear, for whosoever hath to him shall be given, and whosoever hath not for him shall be taken even that which he seemeth to have. Number two, we see this, we must not only receive the word, but this evening can I encourage you to keep the word. Keep the word. Notice these statements that are found in verse number 18. As you continue reading on, as you continue in verses 16, 17, and 18, he begins to deal with this of the keeping the word. And as you come to understand the importance of keeping the word, we've encouraged our young people over the last couple of months to hide the word of God in their hearts. And as you think about the word of God, as you discuss the word of God, as you read the word of God, as you sit under the preaching of God's word, you're always going to hear things. You're always going to hear good things. You're always going to find yourself saying, Oh, man, the Word of God is pure and precious. This morning, as I was in the Sunday school hour, I had every single one of these young people close their eyes for just a moment. And as you close your eyes sometimes, as you're listening to the preaching of God's Word, for me personally, whenever I am about to preach a passage of Scripture or if I'm going to preach on on something specific, one of the things that I will try to typically do is I will try to read that passage three to four to five times alone. And after I've read that passage of Scripture three to four to five times alone, I'll find myself setting my Bible to the side. So I will literally do this right here. I will open it. I will read it. I will then set it to the side, and I will close my eyes. I will think on it for just a few moments, and I try to visualize exactly what's going on. And this morning, as I had these young people close their eyes, I had them close their eyes, and I began to read a specific portion of Scripture. Now, both of the Jadens decided that they were the best in the, in the class that can draw, so I had them come up to the board. I don't know if you're like this or not, but whenever I'm reading a passage of Scripture, my mind begins to visualize what, is, what I'm reading here. For instance, for just a moment, if I were to begin to, to read the, the story of Noah's Ark, I can imagine for just a moment as I begin to walk down that that story and read certain things that you can imagine with me for just a moment, Noah walking down a trail and carrying some wood and as he's, he's hammering and as he's using his tools and, on, and people walking by maybe looking at this man and just wondering what he's doing and, and then all of a sudden the water begins to come and you can imagine the animals in there. I imagine Noah walking down and just checking on all of the animals. I imagine his family being in there and all of these many things and as i visualize those things in scripture i begin to hear it it's an amazing thing if you think about that whenever you're reading god's word and as you study god's word you'll find sometimes that as you're reading it it's as though you can hear it as i read the book of habakkuk and as i read some of the old testament prophets whenever they begin to beg and plead with god i begin to find myself just anticipating as you read certain verses the excitement in their voices I imagine some of the fluctuations as they're beginning to do that. And so this morning, I began to read the book of Habakkuk. And in chapter number 3 of the book of Habakkuk, if you go to that passage Scripture, you'll begin to see that it says, A Prayer Upon Shiganov And as Habakkuk begins to cry out to God, he begins to cry out to God in prayer. And so these two young men, as they're standing there, begin to draw. And as they... they I don't know if you started or not. He, he didn't even get started. He was focused on it. He was, he was visualizing it, and I cut him off just in time. But Jaden over here began to draw, and as he began to draw, can I share with you what he began to visualize? He began to visualize a man on his knees crying out to God. When you read God's Word, you find yourself sometimes visualizing exactly what's taking place. And as you keep the Word of God in your heart, and as you find yourself reading God's Word, in verse number 16, 17, and 18, it gives you a visual right here. Notice these things. Verse number 16, he says, No man, when he hath lighted a candle, I mean, I don't know about you, but immediately my hand goes like this, and I picture myself holding a candle. Not a camel, a candle. Yes. Immediately I find myself holding a candle, and I cover it with a vessel and put it under a bed. I picture these things that are taking place. He goes on, he says, "...but setteth it on a candlestick, that they which enter it may see the light." You know, it was D.L. Moody who made this statement. He said, "...a holy life will make the deepest impression. Lighthouses blow no horns." They just shine. Can I, can I illustrate this to you for just a moment? Be a light. Man. You know, sometimes we wonder, you know, you, you say, well, I'm not the most vocal person. You don't have to be the most vocal person. Live a life given to God. Live a life sold out to God. Live a life that lives the Word of God just as the Word of God proclaims it to be lived out. And as you find yourself, and I read that statement by D.L. Moody, I was stirred because a holy life will make the deepest impression. Some of the people that I look up to, some of the people that I admire, some of the Christians that I say, hey, that is a true example of what a Christian ought to be, are people that might not be the loudest people. They might not be the people that stand behind a pulpit and proclaim the word of God in a very boisterous way. They might not be the people that you'll find at the very front of the line trying to get to the front. They might just be the people that are sitting in the back. They might just be the people that are observing, but they live a faithful Christian life. And they, 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 their lives blow no horns. They just live in a light. They're a lighthouse. As you think about the word of God, the Bible says in Philippians chapter number 2, verse number 16, holding forth the word of life, that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. 2 Corinthians four three. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. You see, the word of God in verses 16, 17, and 18 reveals a couple of things about itself. Number one, that it enhances. You think about this. You think about the word of God, as you think about certain indecisions that you're trying to make, it's an amazing thing that whenever you find yourself searching for direction... The Word of God always seems to find a way to show you that. When I was praying, and Kelly and I were praying about what the Lord would have for us to do as far as staying or going whenever we came here five, six years ago, the Word of God played a major part in that. When my brother-in-laws were praying about what the Lord would have for them to do, the Word of God played a major part in that. When some of you have been searching and seeking God's will for your own life and what you ought to do, the Word of God, I guarantee, has played a major part in that. You say, maybe not necessarily in your personal reading every time, but maybe God, through a message, revealed His will to you. I know for me, I remember sitting in a service, and it was in that service that I realized the will of God for my life was to be saved. It was for me, sitting in a service, when I remember sitting there, and the will of God revealed to me that I was called to preach. And I needed to surrender to preach. And so I remember those things. And so I want you to notice this statement that is found in verse number 16. No man, when he hath lighted a candle, notice this statement, covereth it. That word covereth it is, is something that we know. It's not something that we're new to. It speaks of to hide, to hinder the knowledge of a thing. Can I, can I illustrate it for you this for just a moment? You have the precious, pure word of God. Live with it like this in front of you so the world can see. Not like this so they don't know what you have. It's an amazing thing. You know, as you as you find yourself walking around like this, some people, if, if someone ever makes the statement to you, I didn't even know you were a Christian all these years, you should be ashamed. If someone comes up to you and they've known you for years and they make the statement, I didn't even know you went to church, I didn't even know you were a Christian, you ought to be ashamed. You see, every opportunity that the Lord gives you, you ought to be proclaiming Jesus' name. The word enhances, but also in verse number 17, I want you to notice this. The Bible says this, For nothing is secret, that shall not be made manifest, neither anything hid, that shall not be made known and come abroad. Not only is it something that enhances, but also the word of God exposes. Now, this is one of those things that we don't like. The word exposing, as you think about that word manifest for just a moment, it speaks of to be plainly recognized or known. I've been sitting in services, I've been reading the Bible before, whenever all of a sudden the preacher began to preach on something, or I began to read, and all of a sudden God's Word began to reveal some things in my own life that needed to be dealt with. Uh, it's as though in James chapter number 1, if you go back to James chapter number 1, and you read a couple of these verses here, that you'll find that it speaks of it being a magnifying glass. It speaks of it being something that points us and shows us just who we are, if you would. James chapter number 1, verse number 22 says, But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. It goes on and it says, For if any be a hearer of the word, and not a doer, he is like unto a man, beholding his natural face, In a glass. For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. Verse number 23 says at the very end, He is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. As you go and you study the word of God, you'll find that oftentimes it'll expose some things within your life. And can I encourage you this evening, I've said it before, when God begins to convict, praise Him for it. You should never get angry with God for convicting you because that means He's still trying to make you what you ought to be. It means He's still working on you. It means He still has a plan for you. It means He still has a goal and something that He would have for your life. And so as you think about this portion of Scripture and you think about understanding the Word of God and what Jesus is trying to get them to understand, He says, hey, receive the Word of God, number one, but keep it keep it. And then the final thing we see in verse number 21, notice what the Bible says, and he answered and said unto them, my mother and my brethren are these which hear the word of God and do it. Could I encourage you finally this evening that you must live the word of God. Not only receive it, not only keep it, but you must live it. It does you no good to listen to all of the things the precious word of God has to say and all of the many things that you keep right here and you say, oh man, those are some good things only to do nothing with it. You know, I, I, it'd be as though, you know, Brother Matt gets over to Togo and he begins to, to look at the, the, the soccer fields and he begins to practice and he becomes this great soccer player. Amen. Only for none of the Togos, how, what are they called? Togolese. Togolese. For none of them to even know because he doesn't use it. You see, every single one of us has been given talents for the Lord. We have. And there have been things that God has invested in our lives through the investment that we've had through other people and what God has done. And As you find yourself reading the Word of God, you know, I get stirred up when young people and church members come to me and say, man... Did you, did you know this is what the Word of God has to say here? And, and you can just see the fire burning within. You can see the excitement. And you can just see that, hey, something's fresh to them. And they just they just found something that really just popped off the pages and said, hey, this is exciting right here. And they come to the house of God and they, they received it and they, they kept it. And now they're excited about living it out. You know, when you think about the world in which we are living in, As I referenced to probably a couple of months ago, it's not that God isn't still calling people to full-time service. It's not that God isn't calling us all to serve Him. It's that we're not obedient. And that's the world in which we live in. So tonight, could I encourage you, in Luke chapter number 8, the final statement. Do it. Just do it. You say, well, what do you mean? What do you mean, do it? I mean, open the Word of God. Sit in the seats and listen to the Word of God. Keep the Word of God. And then go live out the Word of God. Go and find what God would have for you to do and how He would have for you to live and how He would have you for you to proclaim the name of Jesus. And in this portion of Scripture, I believe He very simply clears it up because you find in verse number 10, notice what He says. He says, And He said unto you it is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but to others in parables, saying they might not see, and hearing they might not understand the end of verse number 8, he goes on to say this, He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. This evening, I believe every single one of us have ears to hear, so it's time for us to hear. I'm going to have Brother Chris play a video here in just a moment. This morning, as I stated, the statement that filled Facebook and filled social media and filled the news all yesterday was the statement that was made, Never Forget. And oftentimes, we live in such a way that we proclaim those words, never forget, and as I said, we might make statements like, never forget what took place on 9-11, and we ought not forget. And we get upset, and we look around at people in this world, and we say, how how could they forget all those things? And we, we utter those words, but in the Christian life, may we not forget what Christ has done. And may we not forget what Christ is doing. May we not forget what Christ has for us and all those many things. And if you really want to make a difference in what this world has, and that difference is not made in you and I, that difference is made in when they find Jesus. If this world is ever going to be reached, it's not going to be because of Josh Farmer. It's not going to be because of Phil in the blank. It's because of Jesus Christ. And as you look at the things that are going on, if we want to make a difference, may we get a burden to live for Christ. Receive the Word of God. Keep the Word of God. And live out the word of God. Now this has nothing to do with something spiritual. This morning I was going to play this before I I preached this message. Because I was trying to tie all this in. But as you listen to the words here. And I was showing this to, to Brother Matt earlier. As you listen to the words of what's being said here. And as it draws your heart. I pray that you get a burden for this nation once again. And as you get a burden for this nation, as you look back on the tragic events of 9-11, you look back and you say, hey, God, I want to be used to make a difference. Well, then it's going to start by Christians living the Christian life once again. And so may we never forget what happened on 9-11. but May we never forget what Christ did for us, what Christ is doing for us, and what Christ has for us. Never forget. Brother Chris, if you would, just play that video for just a moment.
1: deadly terrorist acts. The victims were in airplanes or in their offices, secretaries, businessmen and women, military and federal workers, moms and dads, friends and neighbors. The pictures of airplanes flying into buildings, fires burning, huge structures collapsing, have filled us with disbelief, terrible sadness a quiet, unyielding anger. Thousands of lives were suddenly ended by evil, despicable acts of terror. America was targeted for attack because we're the brightest beacon for freedom an opportunity in the world. And no one will keep that light from shining. Today our nation saw evil, the very worst of human nature. And we responded with the best of America. These acts of mass murder were intended to frighten our nation into chaos and retreat. But they have failed. Our country is strong. A great people has been moved to defend a great nation. Terrorist attacks can shake the foundations of our biggest buildings, but they cannot touch the foundation of America. These acts shatter steel, but they cannot dent the steel of American resolve. This is a day when all Americans from every walk of life unite in our resolve for justice and peace. None of us will ever forget this day, yet we go forward to defend freedom and all that is good and just in our world.
0: September 12th was a different day. a nation united, Christians on their knees weeping, praying, I wonder tonight if we would say, Lord, help us to never forget, Lord, not only never forget, what can we do, what change can we make, start living the Christian life once again that Christ desires for us to live. I've said it time and time again, but may Christ yield, uh, help us to yield our lives to Him and and guide us and direct us and draw us into Him to become the Christian He saved us to be. And I believe that the Lord desires to send revival. I believe the Lord desires to to unite this nation once again. But it's not because of the government. It's not because of individuals. It's because of Him. It's because of God's people getting on their knees and pleading once again, God, help me to be all that You would have for me to be. And so as you look through the nation's history, as you look at other countries, as you look at what God has done in this nation and what He has for this nation, I believe that starts tonight by saying, God, help us to get back on our knees and fall in love with You once again. And so I want to encourage you tonight, what can you do? Receive the Word of God, keep the Word of God, and live out the Word of God. You want to make a difference, give your life to Christ. Lord, we do thank You. Lord, I thank You for Your goodness tonight. Lord, we're asking You to help us to find ourselves bathing this nation in prayer, bathing our families in prayer, coming to you and asking you to help us to remain humble and draw ourselves unto you. and Lord, that your word would have its will and way. We look at 9-11, Lord, oftentimes, and as those words never forget, have been uttered, they've been stamped on certain things, they've been said, they've been typed out. Lord, may we also not forget what September the 12th was like. And so, Lord, I pray that you'd have your will and your way. Lord, help us tonight as a church, Lord, to find ourselves praying. Uh, Lord, that it would start here with us. Lord, that we would receive the Word. We would keep the Word. That we would live out the Word of God. May it not be casual anymore. May we get serious about what you have for us. Unite us together. Help us to make a difference. And Lord, may it start in our Jerusalem, Clarksville, Tennessee. May it start in our Jerusalem, in our neighborhoods, in our workplaces. And Lord, may we carry out the great commission and reach others for Christ. Lord, use this time of invitation. I pray once again that you draw us into yourself, bring tears back to our eyes, a burden within our hearts with a fire that, Lord, drives us to serve you and live for you. Guide us now. It's in Jesus' name we do pray. Amen.